Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. Jesus. His name comes up in every episode, and we can't seem to stop talking about him. But why? Why is he such a big deal? Why do we love him? There's no way one podcast episode can cover it, but we feel compelled to at least start the conversation. So Holly Barnum and Angela Storm join me to talk about why Jesus is so great, along with a few ways we strive to love him more. Here's our conversation. Hi, I'm Kathy Harrelson, and I am here with my friends Holly Barnum and Angela Storm, and we have the joy and privilege today of talking about why we love Jesus. It may be the best podcast topic ever because we get to talk all about Jesus, and we think He is wonderful and fantastic. And we begin to think about how in all of our podcasts, we talk some about Jesus, and He comes up in different ways. So why not just make a whole episode about him and talk about why we love him so that you know he's such a big deal and why he's a big deal to us and get to enjoy that along with us. We are going to talk, frankly, just a whole lot about Jesus. And we're also going to talk a little bit about maybe what some of that process has and does look like in our lives as we strive to love him more and try to... Um, walk with him and know and love him more, even when it's hard. The one thing that I was thinking before we came in today was sometimes when you listen to people talk about Jesus, it can begin to feel like they are supernatural or get everything right. And we both know we're all looking and laughing at ourselves (laughs) because we all know that none of us are perfect and we do not love Jesus perfectly, but we are incredibly humbled and excited to sit down and talk about not how great we are in loving Jesus, but how incredibly wonderful and lovely Jesus is and why we feel so incredibly privileged that we get to know him. So let's just jump in and start talking about Jesus. And just again, why is it, Angela, that you love Jesus? Well, I'm kind of laughing now that you're saying that we don't love Jesus perfectly. And I think that that's part of the reason that I love him is because when I don't do anything perfectly, when I don't love him perfectly, when I don't love other people perfectly, that he steps into that. And it's not off-putting to him, but he came to be a a part of that and to step into my life. And so that's one of the reasons that I love him is because he's just stepped into all of my imperfections and loved me anyway. Yes, absolutely. Holly, what about you? Yeah, truly. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing (laughs) about me that's lovable at times, you know, there's nothing that I have done that has deserved his faithfulness and steadfastness toward me. And so I I totally agree with Angela that he steps into our sinful, you know, our inborn yuck that he um, steps in and says, no, um, because you have trusted in me, you are lovely and I want to be with you. And even when you fail and even when you step away from me, I'm going to draw you back to me. Mm -hmm. So it makes him more beautiful 
knowing that he is so secure and steadfast. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things about Jesus, too, is his faithfulness. And I think about how one of the ways that I've seen that reflected or been reminded of his faithfulness is when I've walked through seasons in life, either when I've been hard or the situation has been hard. And when you have those people in your life that just stick with you and stay, and some people don't, but some people do, and they definitely don't do it perfectly. But it's that picture and reminder to me of just, like you said, how safe and secure Jesus is and how he has been faithful to me from beginning to end. And my favorite him or one of my two favorite hymns is greatest thy faithfulness. And it's because just singing about and knowing how incredibly faithful Jesus is to me is life-changing and so um, beautiful to me as well. Mm-hmm. I know when I think about Jesus, I know at different seasons or situations in my life, as I kind of reflect back, there may have been a characteristic or an experience of where I really learned something about him or tasted something of him or experienced something of Jesus that was noteworthy. And so as you look back over the course of your life, are there times or situations that kind of jump out to you where there was something really specific about Jesus or you really learned something about Jesus and why and how he was so beautiful or lovely? Angela, do you have a thought about that? Um, Yeah, I honestly probably could point back to a lot of different times in my life. Um, I do think that... um, in college, that was a really big time of growth for me. I went to a Christian university and that was a huge blessing. And I was really excited to be there. And, um, but it was the first time I'd ever been away from home. And so to have a God who was present and loving me and all of that, um, was a really beautiful thing. But I do have a really distinct memory of sitting in a Bible class with a professor of mine who is probably one of the most intelligent women I've ever known. She had PhDs in biomedical sciences and also in, you know, um, something biblical. <laughs> I don't, Some important something phrase, biblical. yes. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I just remember sitting in a class and she was lecturing on something in the book of Acts. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it <laughs> is. Um, but I just remember that one time, you know, we're all furiously taking notes and all of a sudden she just slammed her hands down on her podium and it was loud and caught all of our attention. So we look up at her and she's in tears and she just says, do you know what this means for us guys? And I just remember in that moment thinking like, here is a woman who knows so much about the world and about the way it functions. Um, And she knows so much about the Bible and she knows so much about God, but he means something to her. And, And it wasn't that in that moment that he didn't, mean anything to her. But I just remember thinking like, here's a woman who knows who he is and she gets it. And, and she's so passionate about us understanding that like, you know, what happened all those many thousands of years ago, it means something for us today. And so to think back on just that memory of that time in my life of having someone speak in, you know, who she just knew. She knew that it meant something then, and she knows that it means something now. And that was really beautiful for me. I love it. Caused the, me to love him, I think. Even I more. love that 
again, one of the things that can help us love mm. Jesus more is being around people who mm-hmm. love Jesus and let us see that. You yeah. know, I yeah. think about how transformative that was for you, but how kind yeah. that she was to demonstrate that to y'all so that you could see her love for Jesus. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Holly, what about you? When you look back on your life, are there different seasons or memories that kind of mark maybe something that you learned something about Jesus that was really meaningful to you? Yeah, I think... <clears throat> Well, I think um, hard times are good um, teachers for us. Um, I remember as a new mom, a young mom who totally knew nothing (laughs) and was making it up as I went. Um, There was a period of time when I was just pregnant all the time. I had lots of babies (laughs) back to back. (laughs) And I loved all of my babies, but it was hard having lots of little kids Um, all together. Um, And after my third was born, um, I had some postpartum depression and it was just a hard period of life. And Mm -hmm. I remember it, um, something I learned during that time or really coming out of that time was just that Jesus is my rest. Like the the passage in Matthew 11 that talks about, you know, all those who labor, come to me. Mm-hmm. If you're weary, come to me and you will find rest. He is that rest. And it was hard during that time to read his word and to um, be still and not feel like I was drowning or underwater at that point in time or drowning in kids really was what it was Um, or diapers. (laughs) But that was a beautiful thing to learn that he was my rest. It wasn't that I needed an escape from my life or escape from the laundry or the never ending meals that had to be prepared. It was that I needed Jesus to be my rest and to rest in him. And coming out of that, there was beauty in recognizing that he was the rest and he was my reward, Mm -hmm. even in that hard time. Mm -hmm. So I think that he showing that and revealing that to me, even, even through the, even through the mess was beautiful. I love that. I love that. I'm smiling as I'm listening to you talk. Mm -hmm. I know that this whole idea of Jesus being beautiful was something that I, I'm a little embarrassed at how late in life I kind of learned that. I wrongly thought for a season in my life that it was almost the more sacrificial or miserable I was in what I did for Jesus, that that demonstrated that I loved him more. And don't get me wrong, there are hard times of obedience where you just need to do the right thing and it's hard. I'm not minimizing that. But for me, it was, again, I randomly decided I was going to study all of the passages in the New Testament that talked about the compassion of Jesus. And so I 
made copies of all of them, so I could just look at them all together. And for some reason, why it was that, why it was that season, I don't know. But stepping into the compassion of Jesus and learning how deep in his inward being he felt that compassion and was moved with compassion for people. And for me, I don't really know why, I guess maybe because I used to feel like I had to do all the right things or wasn't worthy of compassion or was trying to live up to God's holiness. I don't know. But tasting of and seeing and experiencing the depth of Jesus's compassion just as a person, I had never met anyone like him. And it was the first time, first time, I don't know if that's fair, but it was a significant marker in my life that helped me get a glimpse of Psalm 27, where the psalmist says, One thing I've asked of the Lord that I shall seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. And I think prior to that, it's kind of like someone can tell you how great chocolate is, but until you taste it, do you really know how good it is? I don't think so. I'm totally a chocolate person. And it's not that I didn't know Jesus was beautiful, but like to see and experience him in that way was transformative for me and a very different shift in my thinking. And it, I mean, it's, it massively changed what I hope and want in prayer and in life is that I can taste of Jesus. Now, does that mean every time I read the Bible or do pray that I feel that? No, not necessarily at all. But I believe he is beautiful and I've tasted of that and just want more of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just think he's amazing. Oh, you know, you keep talking about, you keep using the phrase like the beauty of Jesus or how beautiful he is, which does make me think back to when I was growing up. And I have parents who are avid outdoors people. <laughs> uh, and so I th- remember just growing up constantly, we were, you know, being outside. That was how we vacationed and in the mountains. And then I'm from the Midwest and there's a lot of forested area there. And so um, being in the woods or, you know, wherever, but to have a um, family who loved Jesus and then also enjoyed being outside, I do look back and think that I have been taught to experience the the physical beauty that the Lord has created in, in experiencing, you know, really big things like mountains and really tiny things like mm. flowers, you know, budding out in the spring or, you know, whatever it might be, like to grow up experiencing that and then to love that even now is something that reminds me of the beauty of the Lord, but then also just how much He loves us to have created a beautiful place for us to live in. And and one day it'll be perfect and we'll be with Him. But even in the meantime, we get little glimpses of how much He loves us because He's created a beautiful place for us. Yeah, I think that's why he did. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. He wants us to remember, hey, I'm here. You know, and and these little things are reminders to you that I'm still here and and I want to be with you. And I was reminded of that too, mm-hmm. Angela, that I was taking a walk in my neighborhood and there's these little really they're weeds growing in somebody's yard. But they're wildflowers. I mean I live in your neighborhood. Right? It could have been my yard. I mean, my husband would have been like, I gotta get some stuff to kill these things. But they are really are 
little yellow flowers. They're pretty. (laughs) But I was up early walking and the sun was just barely coming up and their faces, the faces of these flowers are all pointed right at the sun as it's coming up. And I was just reminded, you know, oh Lord, make me like these flowers that are just facing you. And they really follow the sun Mm -hmm. as they go through the day. Their faces follow the sun and... I don't know why this person hasn't mowed their yard in a few weeks, but they're still there. And I'm reminded of them every time I take a walk. And I just think, oh, Lord, plant me and make me follow you throughout my day and follow you and guide me just the way these flowers follow the sun across, you know, as it crosses the earth, that I would be reminded that you are beautiful and that I don't take my face from you. And that I would be walking in your ways and all of those things. And I think he does that. He shows us the mountains and he shows us the the little things, the, you know, the tiny ants and all of the things so that we're reminded of him mm-hmm. in all of those ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that you even talked about like the mountains, which, I mean, we live in Fort Worth, so we really don't have many <laughs> mountains <don't>. here. <laughs> but, and, and it is like, send me, give me a body of water, send me to an ocean, like something just happens. I'm totally with yeah. you with the, something about being outside is often profound for me. Mm-hmm. But I also love that like you saw it in the weeds on a walk in your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, yes, we could plan a trip to the Swiss Alps and it would be absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. But that those that nature is everywhere and being able to see and experience that and get a glimpse of God's character and creativity and mm-hmm. beauty, even just in this simple walk in your neighborhood, I think is really mm-hmm. significant too. Mm-hmm. I know both of you love to study the scriptures like I do. And one of the key ways that we get to know who Jesus is and experience him and see his beauty is in the scriptures. And so I at least have to ask is, and I'm guessing there are many, but is there a passage or a scripture or something that reminds you of his beauty or that may be a a go-to place for you or something that's been encouraging from the scriptures about Jesus and his beauty? I... Um, I just love, uh, I think one of the most attractive things about just people that I meet is somebody who is very humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love seeing people in our church who serve and don't ever expect anybody to notice them. I mean, the ladies who changed the baby diapers, <laughs> I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> think of somebody who serves more humbly than changing somebody else's baby poopy diaper. <laughs> like that is the essence of humility. And I just think those ladies in the nursery changing the poopy diapers are just ladies of humility. And and really even the people who like our deacons who I know are chosen and voted by our church body into this position. And you think it's a position of honor, but these men serve. And then you think about their families, <laughs> their wives get their families to church all on their own, <laughs> and they are servants at mm. our church, and they're humble men, and their wives are hum- humble wives taking care of their families on behalf of our church, and I, I think that's a really beautiful mm. thing, um, but they're not doing it just because in their own power, they're just super humble people, <laughs> you know? Um, 
I, I think they're doing it because Jesus is our example of humility. And one of those um, examples of humility is, I think, from Philippians 2, just that whole idea of Jesus being, he is the king in the flesh, <laughs> but he came in the flesh, in human flesh, being so humble, but not touting it. You know, he didn't walk around like people. I'm God, you know, <laughs> bow down. He just was so humble and then died on a cross in humility in the most degraded way of, uh, that's not the right word, whatever word that is. It's, yeah. It's horrible that, In the most horrible way, thank you. <laughs> um, in, the, in the worst way, somebody could die. And, and that's how he gave himself. So... If you haven't read Philippians 2 in a while, go read it. It is it is the example of humility that I think is beautiful. That's that's Jesus. That's our Lord Jesus mm-hmm. who gave himself for us. And I think that's I, that passage is just beautiful. It's beauty to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I was, you know, just I guess thinking in preparation for our time today, um, we studied in our Bible study back in the fall, we studied Hebrews. And so I've been kind of just thinking about that lately and the things um, about the Lord that we learn in Hebrews, and there are many. Um, (laughs) But um, two specific chapters, I think, um, in Hebrews 5, where it talks about Jesus dealing gently with the ignorant and wayward and guys, if anyone is ignorant and wayward, it's me. No, me. <laughs> and, <laughs> Sorry. It's me. And so just a reminder in the scriptures that that the way that I am dealt with by my Heavenly Father is gently, is a scripture that just moves me to tears. Um, that's not always the way I have been dealt with. It's not always the way that I deal with other people, sure, but it is always the way that he deals with me. And so that is just such a comforting reminder and also an exhortation, um, you know, to love others the way that he loved me. Um, And then the other is from Hebrews 13, uh, where it talks about Jesus being the same uh, yesterday, today, and forever. And I think, you know, uh, in our sermon series at church, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're moving into the rest of Matthew and just looking at all of these interactions that Jesus had with other people and to know, you know, these stories of him reaching out to touch lepers or to befriend tax collectors or whatever, you know, the case may be, um, that the way that he reached in to other people and the way that he drew near and desired to be with, um, the reminder from Hebrews is that isn't just who Jesus was in, you know, the ancient Near East when he was on the earth for, you know, a couple of decades. That's not just how he was when he loved people then. It's how he is now. And so when I find myself feeling lonely or like I'm the only one who struggles with something, you know, how I might imagine that a a leper might have felt like that the same way that he stepped in and touched a leper to heal is the same way that he chooses to step in and touch me and heal me when I'm struggling. And so those just those two passages in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews um, have been something here really recently that have been really wonderful for me. 
Mm-hmm. As you were talking about that, I was reflecting, I think Holly brought up the hard times earlier. And I was, for some reason, Angela, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how we've talked a lot about his humility and his gentleness, which he is a hundred percent and beauty and creativity, but just the beauty of his power yeah. and of his authority and of his justice is also really beautiful to me because it's totally righteous and in control and always used for good. And I was thinking about how when you go through hard things, and I'm sure y'all have had those times too. I mean, Holly, you talked about, you know, with the kid raising the kids earlier, and you're like, how in the world am I going to do this? You get up and you think, how am I going to make it? And I mean, I've had situations where doctors have said, you know, when I was in chemo, you know, I'm really sorry it's hurting and there's absolutely nothing we can do. And they love you and they wish they could give you this magic pill. But like they are wonderful, but they couldn't give me the power to sustain, if that makes sense. And like Jesus can Mm -hmm. and does. And so there's that sense of that power mixed, which makes it even more beautiful to me because it's like that power mixed with Holly, like you talked about the humility or the power mixed with the gentleness because he doesn't, like some people we think, oh, they're so gentle and and maybe they are, but sometimes in my humanity, I don't have the power to be anything but what would appear to be gentle. (laughs) But Jesus is this power, this beautiful power, this beautiful justice, Mm -hmm. this beautiful, all of this beautiful controlled and yet compassionate and there with you. Mm -hmm. And there's something really mesmerizing to me about Mm -hmm. the mix of those two things and just that my strength does end and the strength of other people does end, but Jesus is the refuge and the strength Mm -hmm. when, when no one else can help, even if they wanted to. (laughs) And so I just think he's so um, beautiful and kind and, and real to me in that way, mm-hmm. even though it's really hard. One of my favorite passages of scripture is um, in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, and part of it talks about that he set eternity in the hearts of man, but they can't know what he's going to do from beginning to end. And so that reminds me when you talk about like that he's perfectly all of those things, like when I have questions about why, Lord, are things happening in the world and this doesn't seem just and it doesn't seem right and I just don't have the answers to those questions. I know that that part of that is on purpose. I'm not supposed to know <laughs> the answers, but uh, it's a comfort to me that I can trust a God who is perfectly and completely and always just, righteous, holy, in control. And those things are just as much a comfort to me as his gentleness and his humility and his kindness towards me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. What other thoughts do y'all have? Images or memories from your past, characteristics, something about Jesus that's really meaningful for you? Yeah, I think you touched on one of those was um, even in the time when I needed him to be my rest, he was my refresher mm-hmm. and my my energy when I had none. <laughs> he was my power and my strength when I was feeling like I wanted to hide in a closet and just not get out of bed or whatever. <laughs> but he was that in me. I think one of our, um, well, our church verses, um, Colossians, what is it? Colossians 1, 28 and yeah, 29, or 28. So. Well, 29 is that we would work in all of his energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
and that was what I needed him to be. (laughs) And so like that, him being those things is really, it was something I really needed when my kids were little, but I also need it now um, when they're older. I have teenagers now, you know, but he's also a guide and a counselor now, you know. Oh my gosh, when you talk about that, can you imagine trying (laughs) to go through your life without his wisdom? Oh, no, (laughs) because I have none. (laughs) I need that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is such a great guide and so yeah. wise. Yes. Yes. And gentle in his guidance. He's not going to just steer and overturn the boat, you know, or like <laughs> he's going to go, no, this is where we're going. <laughs> Gentleness. <laughs> right, Angela? Yeah. So, Let's talk about this. Yes. <laughs> we're going to take a shift. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I know that, which we're still going to keep talking about Jesus and how great he is, but I know that we all consider it just a privilege and a kindness that Jesus lets him lets us know him at all or love him at all or experience his beauty at all. I, I know that you feel that way, but I know that by his grace, there are some things in our lives that we've either um, done or still do that can hinder our love for Jesus or that can help our love for Jesus. And so talk to me about what you either try not to do or has been a problem or that you try to do that kind of helps foster that growth and love for Jesus in your own life. Angela, what would you say to that? I would say that the two are like really linked for me. I am... I was raised in a Christian home. I accepted Christ as a very young child and was encouraged by my church and by my family to have a relationship with the Lord the whole time I you know, lived in my house. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I went to college, and that was a really great growing up experience and growing up in the Lord. And um, and then I, I met and married my husband um, right after I graduated. Uh and there was something I think that just in my life, you know, I thought, okay, well, like this is, this is a lot of what I've wanted. Like I've, you know, I have this relationship with Jesus, but then there was like kind of this, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but just you know, I'd I'd gotten what I'd wanted. I I wanted to be married. I was you know looking forward to hopefully someday being a mom, which I eventually became. Um, but I think that I you know I really settled into this like I have what I want. You know, and things were hard when we were first married, but I think what made all of that infinitely harder is that I just felt like this is a great time for me to just relax and um, showing up to church on Sunday is about all I need. I mean, like I've really known him my whole life, so I don't, what is there, (laughs) what else is there to know? Um, And so I really just took like a solid, I don't know, nine years off of being in the word of God. And that is something I would never recommend to anyone ever um, because even though I was in, um, you know, good Christian community and definitely attended church regularly, even served, um, and I wouldn't say that I ever stopped loving the Lord, but um, when you stop putting yourself into direct contact with, you know, the one thing that he gave you to know him. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, things don't go well. And and so I found myself um, falling into a lot of, you know, behavior patterns that aren't good. Just um, anger, fear, anxiety, um, you name it. Um, I ended up 
which I don't know that is a direct response, uh, a direct consequence of having no relationship in the word with the Lord. But um, I ended up having postpartum depression after my second two children. And um, it was after my third was born and I started doing some counseling and had a realization like, I cannot keep living like this. And I had a sweet, sweet lady who was my counselor who um, just really gently uh, pointed out, um, you need the word in your life. You know, this is what the Lord gave you so that you can know him and and you've rested and coasted a long time on what you know, but like you need to know this in new and fresh ways because you aren't the same person that you were eight years ago when you got married. And um and it was wonderful, it was wonderful exhortation to me. So I would say that the choice to not be in the word was detrimental. Um and the choice to come back to um even just reading the the Bible. I don't know, not necessarily like that I was, you know, digging into commentaries and exegeting scripture on the daily or anything. <laughs> um, that's good and has a place. And I enjoy that for sure. But it's, you know, just being back in the word to remind myself of like, who is the person that I say that I love? <laughs> and, and what, what does what I know about him change who I am? And, and so that would be yeah, I don't know. A thing I would definitely recommend, like if you're struggling. And I sit down to the Word sometimes in the morning, and it's not life-changing in that moment. But I know that just that daily discipline of sitting down to know my God is putting things into my heart and into my soul that will pay dividends, I believe, and trust mm-hmm. in the future. That's, That's really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Holly, what about you? What either hinders your love for Jesus or helps it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think the thing that helps it is being daily in His Word, like Angela said. I think you're right that it's not always this epiphany-type moment when you're reading His Word, but it's this daily remembering who He is. I think the Old Testament says, I think we talked about this when we were... Um, kind of preparing like what we would what we might say during this podcast like um the old testament says remember what i have done and recounts a lot of what he did when he was rescuing his people out of egypt mm-hmm. and into his promised land like remember remember me remember what i've done and reading his word is remembering mm-hmm. and knowing that he who he is and reminding yourself, oh, this is who he is. This is who he is. And that r- puts you in the right place yes. to remember who you are, <laughs> yeah. a sinner in need of a savior, yeah. you know? And so um, I think that, that that one simple thing, even if it's you know, a, a few little verses every day, it doesn't have to be chapters and chapters. It doesn't have to take you know, hours of your day, but even just a small bit of who Jesus is uh, from his word, the truth um, can be life-changing. Um, but I think also prayer is is an act of humility and, and putting yourself um, at his feet and making yourself, um, well, I mean, there have been times when I did not pray seasons when I did not pray. And I think that built in me self-reliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I wasn't praying, I was really just doing my own thing and acting like I could handle it all. And 
I think that did lead to some of my postpartum depression. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was, it, I, I think there was a self, I mean, a direct correlation to some of that. Just me trying to manage my own life was horrible. It did not end well. And, um, so even though I was trying to be in God's word and I was trying to read it when life fell apart and I couldn't get I couldn't get back into God's word at that point. Mm-hmm. Um and and then I really did try to pray but it was more like just save me from this. <laughs> you know, I can't here. I don't know what to do. Um it was truly like some of those psalms that David was <laughs> writing at that you. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um they were they were for me. And so at that point I wanted to get back in God's word cuz I knew that that truth, that light was there. There was salvation to be found mm-hmm. in communing with the Lord. And I I couldn't. There was this dark cloud that I couldn't burst through. Um, and actually, <laughs> because my kids were little and I was reading to them, um, one of the things that helped me get through it and get back in God's Word was reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to them. Yes, that's Because great it, book. Like, it just broke it down into simple children's language for me and just helped me to see the bigger picture of God's word and get back into it. And then I could read God's actual word again. It was just this thing that got me over a hump that got me oh, back man. into God's word. I have wept over the Jesus storybook Bible. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll clearly be putting that in the show notes. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all of that plus... During that time when it was hard to not be in God's word, and um, I I wanted to remove myself from community, mm-hmm. and and then I didn't have people speaking truth into me, and that vacuum of truth, not being in God's word, and not praying, and not having people speak into me was just awful, mm-hmm. you know. That is so hard. So, I you know, I think that. That's the easy way out, really, is to remove yourself from people. And the harder thing is to stay connected. Mm -hmm. But that's really what we need Mm -hmm. when it's hard. And so I hope that encourages somebody to reach out to somebody, make a call to a friend or, you know, ask your husband to watch the kids so you can go get coffee with somebody and try to get connected again because it's important. Mm-hmm. And I love that what we've been talking about about Jesus or I've talked about before is how kind he is of us. Because sometimes when you get out of that habit, you just have this guilt or it feels hard. All those kind of things like prevent you from stepping back into those things yeah. that would draw you back in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just that desire he has and wants us to love him. And I can totally resonate with everything else said. Just the mm-hmm. being back in the Word and around people who love Jesus is helpful for me. And I think even I love, I think, Angela, you might have mentioned, I, I think I thought as a young believer that every time you read the Word or prayed, it was to feel like this mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. or maybe like every other day at least would be a mountaintop experience. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I wish it would. And I'm really looking forward to heaven when it's going to all be yeah. great all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited about that. But I think, and this sounds maybe a little boring, but the habit of just keeping on going, because there Mm -hmm. have been seasons in my life that 
it's been a long season to where you've felt like you've missed, like, I wish I woke up every day and had the experiences that we talked about on the front end of when we were tasting the chocolate or really seeing like Jesus is beautiful. And I'm not implying he isn't that way all the time, but that definitely isn't my experience 24 seven throughout the day. <laughs> and one, I have a family member and one of their favorite verses is in John six, where some of Jesus has been teaching and there's some people that have been following him and they turn away. And so Jesus looks to some of his closer disciples and says, are you going to turn away too? And Peter looks at him and says, where else am I going to go? And I know that doesn't sound super spiritual, but I mean, yes, I do love Jesus and he is beautiful, but one of the things that helps me love him more is looking around and thinking, there is nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. There is no one else like this. Mm-hmm. Heaven one day won't have all of this brokenness. And so I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep doing what I think needs to be done that day and mm-hmm. keep the habit going. Mm-hmm. Um, and And that has been understanding what the Christian life looks like versus sometimes I feel like we get everyone's best story of this once, you know, not once in a lifetime, but these stories that make it feel like it's profound all the time and understanding the dailiness and the ups and downs and that you just keep going has been something that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. That resonates. As we think about, um, Walking with Jesus, obviously we've mainly talked about Jesus, but I want to ask at least a question for how has loving Jesus or walking with Jesus changed you? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) What a dumb thing to say. (laughs) Um, Well, I would say that for me... um, Probably loving Jesus has changed me in. I don't know how to say. I don't know how to describe this. Like, um, in putting away sin, I guess that's a good um, thing. I would like to be clear. I sin <laughs> a lot still, <laughs> but um, some of these kind of ingrained patterns and habits of sin that I've had for a long time. Um, while it's still difficult and it's still daily to put those things away, I think that to remember the love of the Lord for me helps me to put away the things that displease the person that I love. And, um, you know, maybe similarly to how you would with a, a spouse or a family member or a friend or a child even, you know, you want to do the things that that make those people happy and um, and to do things that delight the people who yes. you love and who love you. And so in that same way, like, you know, I don't know, let the love of the Lord has helped me to put away sin. And and because I do still struggle and fail daily, um, knowing, too, that my failure to, you know, live a sinless life um, <laughs> is met with grace is also... Um, that's something that changes me um, because we live generally speaking in a pretty ungracious world. Um, There is a lot uh, of just ungraciousness, I guess, in, in our world and in our, even in our daily lives. And so to recall a Lord that loves me and uh, that 
helps me as I try to put away the things that are separating me from him. Um, but then also that when I inevitably mess that up multiple times daily, <laughs> that, that his grace meets me, that his grace covers me, that who he is and who he was, it covers that. And that's, that changes me too. Amen. Mm-hmm. What about you, Holly? How has loving Jesus changed you? Well, I hope that by loving him, loving him, (laughs) I hope, (laughs) I clearly don't speak better, but I hope that by loving him, I also look more like him. Mm, Like I act more like him. I maybe am more humble because he's our example of humility, or I am... Okay, so patience is something I have actually prayed for. And I know some people will gasp because, you know, <laughs> don't pray for that. Say, don't pray What's for patience. <laughs> They'll give you something to be patient about. Um, but I actually have because I am not a naturally patient person. And I think most people would probably say about that about themselves. But I have known that about myself and um, have prayed that. And I, I hope that I am a more patient person, and I, I think I can see little bits of that growing in me, um, because I do want to see the fruits of the spirit, that mm-hmm. that those fruits would be growing on this tree, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that those fruits would be benefiting the people around me, mm-hmm. because I am more like Him. Mm-hmm. That there is less of me and more of Jesus in me because I love Him. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that is the case. And and I think that I am, like, in raising children, I want to be quick to say, hey, I see more self-control in you, and that is Jesus at work in you. Oh, because that. that's not something that you can just muster up. You know, I see more joy in you, and that's not something that you can just fake. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus at work. Mm-hmm. And I want to be quick to acknowledge that for my kids because I want them to know that Jesus is in them. They've all trusted in Jesus, praise the Lord. But I want them to know that He's at work in them and is growing them and that I can see the difference that He makes in their lives. And so I hope that people can see that in me. Yeah, I hope that He's bigger and they I am can. less. <laughs> I can. They can and they do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, uh, it's funny to me, this question, how's loving Jesus changed you? I had thought through or written down some questions we might or might not get to and knew I might throw in some different ones depending on where the conversation went. But I had written down a few notes of, okay, if we get to this question, what might I say? And I wrote down three words, which, I I mean, I believe them to be true. One, and again, I tend to see my shortcomings more than I see my strengths, so it's hard to note strengths for me sometimes. I mean, I think I'm a little more obedient because I've loved Jesus, which you've talked mm-hmm. about that. I um, think I'm, or hopeful, that, uh, I think I've experienced more joy in my life from loving Jesus. Um, and the last word I wrote down was sanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there's this sense <laughs> in which loving Jesus and knowing who he is makes sense of the world to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as I've Read, you try different things, you look at different things, you read different things, you watch different things, and loving Jesus and knowing who he is in the world has, uh, it's not been easy, but it has made 
sense compared to everything else I've seen. And when I go to the word, it makes sense because even when it's in a hard time or I feel ungodly, like I hear psalmists praying the same things. When I read about the world being broken or when I experience the world being broken, I see that in scripture. When I want to praise the Lord, I see that in scripture. Like it, loving Jesus makes the world make sense Mm -hmm. to me. And I think it's because he is the creator and did make the world. (laughs) And so there's a sense in which it's this, it may be hard and challenging at times, but it's also the only thing I've found that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it is far and away the most beautiful thing that I have found. And walking with him is the most joyful thing that I have found. And so I think it has changed me in at least those three ways, or I hope so. Would love to toss out um, maybe a final question, or you can choose between one of these questions. Either what is something that as you've been thinking and praying about this the past couple of weeks, whether it, it just or came to mind just while we were talking, what is something about why you love Jesus that has come to mind? And or what is something about Jesus that you've seen about his character even lately that's been really encouraging or beautiful to you? What is What is something lately? Holly, what about you? Um, I think, uh, I, I love that Jesus is near, mm. that he's, um, it's one of my favorites. always with me, that he doesn't, yeah, I, I love that he is near, that I don't have to go searching far and wide to find him, that he's just He's near and close. Mm, I love that. That gave me chills. What about you, Angela? Um, I would say something that's kind of encouraged me lately is just um, seeing examples of the way that Jesus loves us in watching other people love, Mm. um, especially in hard situations. And so... Um, to recently have seen someone reach out time and time again to love the unlovable is um, just one of the most beautiful things because I look at this person and the way that they truly just keep reaching out to do right and reaching out to love in the middle of hard circumstances. I have just had so many moments lately of looking at that situation and thinking, is that the way you love me Mm. to the Lord? And man, nothing draws me to my knees more. I mean, I can't fathom, I can't fathom that, that I am the unlovable one um, here and that he just keeps reaching out. Um, I feel like that's probably been my my theme across the whole thing, his gentleness and his faithfulness. But um, it's a it's beautiful and encouraging to see that lived out in the lives of other people. Um, and to know, you know, that the spirit's working in them, but that spirit's also working in, in their particular situation, but also in mine to encourage me um in the Lord's love for me. So I love that. Something I was thinking about this morning as I was getting ready yesterday, I went to church and I happened to be at a campus and at a service that I'm not normally at. And I 
I don't even remember the names of the songs, but it's like the songs, the first three songs we sang were picked out just for me. Mm-hmm. It had been a hard week, actually a hard two weeks. And like every song was like this gift from the Lord mm-hmm. to me. And I think what I've, the Lord has taught me to do is number one, I was grateful for the song. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But something I've learned to do is not just say thank you for the gift, but Lord, what are you showing me about who you are through this gift? or through this good thing that you are doing or giving to me. So I sat in the service, and um, by His grace, He's kind of trained me to not just say thank you and be grateful, but to say, okay, Jesus, what are you showing me about who you are so I can know and love you more? And at least in that moment, the the characteristic of Him that just seemed to come up was just His kindness to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, how kind of the Lord that I'm not even normally here Whoever picked out these songs has no idea that I'm here or what the past two weeks have been like, or even what I've been thinking about those past two weeks that the Lord could communicate, Holly, like you said, his nearness to me, mm-hmm. that like they have no idea that those three songs, what they meant to me. And to me, it was that taste of his kindness that even in this moment, I don't remember the names of the songs, but I remember his kindness mm-hmm. to me and that was incredibly beautiful to me mm-hmm. yes good so i have loved talking about y'all i truly wish we could keep going i love talking about jesus i know this is going to sound silly weird but sometimes people are like what do you want to do for your birthday and i like to do a lot of different things. I don't want this to make me sound super nerdy and over spiritual, but I love talking about Jesus so much that what I want to say is, can we just get together and talk about who Jesus is? And please know I like to do other things as well, but I really love to sit down and talk about who Jesus is because I think he's so lovely and so beautiful. And I go on forever. Literally could. And, and we one will. Day <laughs> I am going to close this in prayer and thanks y'all for doing this. It's been a genuine joy for me. Yes. Jesus, you are all the things that we have talked about and more. You are near. You are gracious. You are kind. You are strong. You are powerful. You are just. You are demonstrated such immense humility and we praise you for who you are and thank you for the gift of getting to know and love you. I pray that you would draw the three of us sitting here and everyone who's listening, draw our hearts to love you more. Show us more of who you are in the scriptures and show us how we can love you more in our own lives. It is not... Walking with you, Jesus, isn't easy, and you know that. Um, We are broken, and we live in a broken world. And so specifically for those that may feel like they have listened and thought, I'm not feeling or getting anything of that today. Lord, would you keep them putting one foot in front of the other? Would you show them who you are and bring them significant encouragement today and remind them that you are the one that brought it? We praise you, Jesus, and can't wait until we get to worship you in heaven. It's in your name we pray. Amen.